dedicated to exposing exploitation and helping workers who are mistreated, abused, underpaid and facing injustice in their workplace. Presented by Utu for Workers Union, we're your hosts, Matt McCartan and Izzy Kane. Kia ora, welcome to Utu for Workers Hour, an hour dedicated to winning justice and sharing real workers' stories. I'm one of your hosts, Izzy Kane, and with me in the studio is your other host, Matt McCartan. Now, this is only our third show, and we've been loving the feedback we've received so far from our listeners. A key thing we've been asked is how to join the Utu for Workers Union. It's super easy to become a member, and we really do encourage it. All you have to do is go to utu.org.nz and fill out the online form. Uh, You can also get in touch with us via our website if you have any queries or if you have anything you need help with, or... If you have more information regarding the cases we've been sharing on Utu for Workers Hour and on our website, these stories are spreading. Our workers' voices are being heard. Whilst we can't name names on the radio show, we are publishing the names of the alleged exploiters and bullies on our website, utu.org.nz, so do be sure to check it out. So to start off the show for today, I'm going to ask Matt here to give us some case updates. And uh, after that, we're going to share with our listeners some testimonies from the growing amount of people coming forward regarding the Christchurch petrol station case. Now, more and more people are contacting us with their own experience of the bullying carried out by this Christchurch couple and also as witnesses for our workers' case. So do stay tuned in for that also. Uh, But for now, I'll hand over to Matt for our weekly case updates. Oh, thanks, Izzy. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, just just the three cases, which I think will be will be important to update. One is the one in Wellington with the owner of a five restaurant chain, uh, and a, well, six or all, all up. And so that case was about a wor- a worker who was owed um, at least one hundred thirty thousand. What was disturbing to us that when he didn't agree to a compromise settlement, which the employer dropped from 42000 from the 130, he left the job and moved to another town from Wellington. They found him and two goons, I'd say, turned up his house and threatened him to drop the union. They'd give him 80000 bucks. If he didn't accept, he'd be deported. Now, of course, that's all nonsense. But since we ran that story, Izzy, on site, we've had a lot of people contact who've been um, former employees and people in, in the community. We have someone who had a senior role in that company who's given us a case with all the same sort of details. So we think this could potentially be huge and could actually be, be another case where it could go into the potentially into hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, even if a million. So we'll keep you posted on that. The other update I have is this is a quick update on a story that will continue to grow. This is of a international student who was approached and charged $12,000 for training for a job that would meet the criteria for a visa. When she turned up to the promised job, it didn't exist and that she was required to work for three months without any wages. Since we've raised this case, we've had other students come forward about this company, which is doing it, that this, again, will keep people posted. But it seems like other students were being charged $20,000. So it is a scam. And and if you know anything about it, please contact us. If people want to know more about this case and who's behind it, go to our website on utu.org.nz. And um, if you can help us and let us know. But So the third case is a disturbing update really Uh, when we put the article up uh, explaining this case on the website we got 
a several people contact us on the site as well as directly sending me emails and I think it's quite important because people are tell, telling their story so I just want to take a few minutes just to go through the responses of which we've had from people who had worked as employees of this company and they tell their own stories. Uh, so how many people have come forward so far about this Matt? We've had six who have provided us uh, detailed information of what has happened to them and we've had others who approached us offline in a confidential And this person. is all over the course of a, a week A it's week. Been up. A yeah. week. Just one and week. And people are referring to uh, other people. So I think this is another story that's going to keep going and going. So I would encourage people to go to our, our website and see the story. We might put the comments from the people. We're going to read out some of the comments mm, today because yep. I think it's really uh, important that people understand. We might put those comments up on our website as well and I think mm, um, absolutely under the story so people can kind of get a full picture of the situation. The first person who wrote to us was someone called Charlotte and she writes, I used to work there and was treated like shut mercilessly by these people. Many, many others I work with also received the same treatment I did and same as the person in your story. Please interview employees and ex-employees. You'll hear much worse than when that you've already discovered. These stations have the highest turnover of staff I've ever seen. They promoted me to manager and never trained me and did not put my wages up. I was still on the minimum wage. Then they harassed me for not doing tasks because I didn't know how. They accused me of being on drugs and gave out my home address to a staff member who then came to my house without permission. I did a drugs test that day and passed. I don't even smoke or drink, just scare tactics to wear me down because I brought up things that needed to change, such as the attitude and the way staff were being treated. More than happy to speak up. Just absorbing how upsetting that is. So that's from Charlotte. Then there's another one from Margaret. You should read that one out, Izzy. Yep. So one from Margaret says, I used to work there about five years ago. Staff were lovely, but there was no training. The hours didn't suit as I had to travel nearly an hour to get to work each morning, so they put me on smaller hours. In the end, I got dismissed because I listened to one of the employees. He was allowed to take the pies that were going to be thrown away home, and he said so was I. Next thing, I am pulled into the office saying that what I did was illegal, I called BS on that, and that the cameras showed me taking them out back to my locker. They dismissed me on the spot. I worked during my breaks and often didn't get time for a break. Was left with jobs that the manager or other people should do. The next uh, comment from someone who worked there was from an Angela. And she writes, I worked alongside Raj, he was the name of the person we, we wrote about, at the time when he was the manager of the store. I was the manager of another store owned by the same couple. I can confirm the mistreatment here and also have my own stories to tell. At the time I left, I was asked by the owner to reconsider my resignation. When I spoke to the owner's wife, she said not to for personal reasons. After I left, I did approach a lawyer and was told I had a good case once they'd heard it. The lawyer then advised me that he couldn't represent me because they were the lawyer for the owners. Interesting. Very underhanded of them, I must say. This has brought back to me many memories of abuse to me and the staff. Laws were broken and it is not just in the migrant community. 
I'm a good manager who values the team and tried to get the Department of Labour and the WorkSafe to try and have an investigation done. But both these places referred me to each other and it went in circles so nothing came of it. I have many examples of employee abuse and also prepared to stand up for those who are currently there. Great article. What raised there is interesting is that the government departments don't seem to want to investigate a lot of these sort of practices that people think they can go to the government departments to get them to do it and I've seen it too they just pass the bucks between each other if people have situations like this that they're concerned about and want some help with they can just give us a call on 0800 368 000 and or go to our website utu.org.nz and send us an email uh, thanks, Matt. So that brings us to our last testimonial about the Christchurch petrol station case that we're going to share with our listeners today. This is a powerful response uh, that really encapsulates the trauma that this couple are allegedly putting their employees through. My husband also worked for this disgrace of a human being for 11 months. It nearly broke our family emotionally and mentally through the bullying and belittling. The forced hours of overtime meant we barely saw him at home. Leaving Raj at the mercy of this family was the thing that, I think, upset him the most when he left. To those who think they know this family, he looks fine at the outside, but those staff that you think are friendly and happy, they're exhausted, understaffed, hungry, you can't take breaks when you're the only staff member, underpaid and more. It never mattered who you were, he is an equal opportunity bully. While my husband never tried to seek constructive dismissal because he just never wanted to see them again, we basically avoid even driving past any of these three sites as it's too confronting, he will be contacting Matt to provide more information. I've got two others who also, but they've asked for their names to be confidential, but they have a similar of, of confirming our story we, we raised la- last week. So uh, they're willing to be wit- wit- witnesses. So this is a business built on opportunistic bullying? Well, clearly, I mean, there is uh, the bullying, and I just think it's just outrageous. And we've written to the CEO of this nationwide com- company yes, yep. uh, who, 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 who won't lift a finger. So <laughs> we will escalate this. We will continue this campaign. And we'll keep everyone uh, posted. Yes, so do be sure to check out utu.org.nz, that's utu.org.nz, to read the full details of this case. I think it's really important to read what people who've been employees of this business actually say. And they've come forward, they've named themselves to us, they are prepared to be witnesses and they will stand by their stories and there's a pattern. These people don't know, know each other. They read our story last week on the website and they were upset and they've written to us yeah yeah. so which is of course why we read these messages out to our listeners because Usu for Workers Hour is all about having these workers voices heard Uh, so to break up the interviews and case stories I'm going to be a bit cheeky this week and um, disperse my songs of struggle throughout the show of course the music is intended to remind us of the bigger fight that we're a part of and give us inspiration to win justice for the exploited so by way of explanation, because that is quite a lofty goal for me to preach at you from a soapbox, Songs of Struggle is a weekly segment on the Utu for Workers Hour where I delve into the musical archives of the historical and present-day leftist working movements, you know, the social justice movements, and in doing so, educate myself further and hopefully our listeners too. So this next song, or this first song, 
came out in 1988, near the end of the Reagan era, and made it onto the top 40 charts internationally, uh, including in New Zealand. It's Tracy Chapman's Talking About a Revolution. Chapman's lyrics remind us about lives that matter, that her subjects, those of the working class, despite how long they've been held down, hold the power for change and revolution. And as you'll see through the lyrics, that finally the tables are starting to turn. It was uh, used as the unofficial theme for the 2016 Bernie Sanders campaign, and Tracy Chapman herself appeared on television the night before the 2020 US election, and where she sang the song again, still waiting to see the tables turn, but also maybe perhaps an acknowledgement that they are finally starting to turn. So here it is, Tracy Chapman's talking about a revolution. Don't you know that talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds Gonna rise up Get there, yeah Poor people gonna rise up And take what's there That was Tracy Chapman's Talking About a Revolution. The next up, we have an interview about an alleged case of widespread exploitation and mistreatment with President of the Migrant Workers Association, Anu Kalotti. Thanks, Izzy. We have a special guest today. 
Anu Kalati. And Anu, thanks very much for coming in. I, I, I've been. Um, I want to talk about a case that you've been doing a lot of work work with, and um, and, and share it just for our listeners. Is that out of respect to the station or a public broadcaster, we don't name the companies and don't name the individuals involved, but they are all available on our website at utu.org.nz that's utu.org.nz because we like to name names and tell the story uh, with the uh, all the detailed information Anu, to tell us about this case as I understand it is that um, this was a manager in a uh, business um, and he ran security guards and other bits and pieces and wasn't paid for a lot of his work but what my concern was, I'm glad you're here today, though you're representing this particular person, that what you found during the time of this is he, this employer was doing it to all the workers there. So, um, so take us from the start how this came about with you. Uh, yes, so this is a worker who was hired to work as a business operations manager. Very fancy title. Uh, yes, absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Titles matter in the immigration world. So, um, He was hired for 40 hours a week on quite a a good salary by a a company that provides security guards in, around, and slightly out of Auckland as well. So it was a salary, which was a serious salary, right? Six, 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 and a half thousand, which met with the immigration requirements, right? And so so it was a real job and it met all the criteria. So it wasn't some, well, apparent sort of dodgy uh, business going. Absolutely, yeah. ticked all the boxes on paper mm-hmm. so um, our worker was um, taken on to work for the first month he was not paid anything at all oh, in I f- hate these cases in fact he was not even given a written employment agreement until after about five weeks into his job so he I'm breathing here so, so just just for listeners um, sake right when you start a job it is actually illegal for an employer to start your job until you've signed your employment agreement right the individual employment agreement the IA it's called and that it's not and so the employer breaches is a fine for it by not providing a worker a contract and so if the worker doesn't get it they can start the work but um, uh, it's the employer who's made the act, it's not the worker, so that in the future there is any claim that the worker's word will be taken because the employer has not produced a contract. Correct. So our worker, he was driving uh, people from their homes to various locations in and around Auckland and often out of Auckland too, so this is the security guard. Security right? guards, Picks yeah. them up from home and yes. takes them to... Right? Yeah, so this yeah. is what the job was, okay. Then comes back to his own work in Auckland. At the uh, end of the day, does the reverse. Picks them up on all different right. locations and then takes them to... Was well, that part of his job as a business operations manager, right? Picks people Correct. up. These are security guards, puts outside banks and things like that, right? Correct. And so goes round, picks them up, takes them and drops them off and then goes round and picks them all up again and drops them off home. That's right. Job. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. So he's contracted to work 40 hours per week, mm-hmm. but doing all, all those rounds, he has been had been working about 85 hours per week. Right. And we know he's on a... Of course, s- because he's at the beginning of the shift, he's dropping off, and then he's 
and I mean, dropping him off at the job, and then he picks him up at the end. So by definition, he's never going to do an eight-hour day, right? Ever? No, he's not. Because no. he's got to pick them all up, right? So they're yes. on, yeah. so they're on tiered shifts, right? As the day goes on, yes. so they might say they're working there eight hours. So he's got to go and drop them off and pick them up. So he's working you know, an easier twelve or fourteen-hour day. So exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. So we, we, we've seen his GPS location that shows us he starts work like about 4 a.m. in the morning and then he is still got um, work-related messages and locations that are as late as 10 p.m., 11 p.m. at night time on the same day. Goodness gracious. So the good thing about this, and for the people who are listening, right, that your phone is evidence, right? Your GPS tracker will can be uh, taken off your phone and that becomes evidence that we can prove that you're working with that employer during those times. Because employees always deny it, right? Digital lies. And the worker then comes to the word. Even though you don't have written records, your phone tracker can be the evidence that we can produce. That's right. That's right. Um, So this worker worked in this place for approximately three months and in the entire time he only ever got paid on four occasions. As a result, he is owed around $11,000 in unpaid wages. That's a loan, right? It's $11,000. 11000 And then in his contract, he had a clause that allowed him to claim uh, for mileage. So he's been using his own vehicle. So, yeah, I forgot to say that, actually, when he's doing these rounds, picking um, stuff he's up, probably he's, he's using his own car. Own car, so there's a mileage rate, which is in the... Was he, like, getting paid the IRD rate? Right? Correct. Which is... Yeah. What, um, what's the IRD rate? It was, I think, around 79 cents per kilometre. At the time, right? So At the time, yeah. So, say, 80, 80 cents for round numbers, just for the same Yes, right? yes. So, okay, so he's on a lot of mileage. And what sort of mileage did Daddy raise up? I mean, sort of, what's, what, what's he owed in terms of his mileage? So he did around 7,000 kilometres in three months okay. for work. And that, in terms of uh, money, that is about $5,200. Which he paid. He paid. Right? So that's paying the boss to do his job. Right. So okay. So he's got five thousand dollars there. He didn't get paid eleven thousand dollars in wages. Mm-hmm. So we're up to sixteen. Yeah. Why didn't the boss pay? Like he was the manager, right? It's like, you know, it's a lot of m- money. But this is the guy who the boss is getting paid for these security guards to stand outside banks and other buildings. I presume. Mm-hmm. Well, of course he is. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just pay him? Greed. It is greed. It's greed. not like Pure he's greed. just a bad b- yeah. businessman. This is greed. Greed. Right. Absolute greed. Right. So you see, because we're sympathetic to small mm. businesses, you know, get themselves in, in trouble, right? Mm. But this is not. This is just greed. Yeah. Okay. And on yeah, top no. of that, this boss, uh, when the worker came to us for help, we obviously engaged with the boss, and the boss tried to um, turn things around by contacting myself, in fact. Directly. Directly, and, mm. and suggesting that he, he is into all sorts of charitable activities. and He's a saint. Yes. And, and he, I'm mocking, just, just so anyone's misunderstanding, right? So he, he suggested that, you know, our work at Migrant Workers Association is, is very similar to the charitable work he's been doing. So, so he's sh- a con man, right? He, we, we should catch up over a coffee and see how we can work together. <laughs> oh, give me the bucket I want to vomit in. Um, so what this guy is doing, right? See, this is consistent with these people, right? Mm-hmm. They steal from their employees... They steal from the tax department. They steal from everyone. 
And then then they get caught, they think they can come and sweet talk you, like you've been around for five (laughs) minutes, right? You know, you know what they're doing. So what he was trying to do, I'm a good man and I do great work. So it's all all lies and spin, isn't it, you know? And uh, so that was just a trick. And in, in, in that communication, there was also like a mild threat, I would say. Uh, of course. Uh, I was told, oh, I live very close by. And I'm thinking, okay, what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, I, I don't need to know where you live or you don't need to know where I live. It's, so it goes yes. and checks you out, right? Yes. So, yes, so yes, that's yes. what's going on, right? Yes, yes. All right. Okay, this seems to be a lot for $16,000, right? It's a lot of work from him to chun lie and shout. You know, when you got involved, why don't you just write out the cheque for 16000 bucks? If he's got it, he owed it, he knows he owes it, just pay it. Move on. We're busy. These people don't because, like I said, greed, pure greed, and this is the business model they have. So our worker is not the only person who's gone through with this boss. There are others. Right. So, in fact, our worker has evidence, communications, where he is telling the boss... I have paid other employees out of my own pocket who are not our workers' responsibility. So it's not 16 grand at all, is it? No, no. This this guy is not paying many of his workers. So the security guards are being paid, he's being paid to provide security guards for banks and other buildings. They turn up, those workers aren't getting paid. They're going to this worker Mm -hmm. who you've been working with because he's the manager, he feels Mm -hmm. responsible. So he's paying his own money to these workers. That's absolutely right. And and it's it's shameful. Just shameful. You're, you're You're far too polite. All right, so now I understand why he doesn't just pay the money and move on, right? Because he's doing it to all the workers, correct? He is. He absolutely is. And this is only the workers that our worker knows because he only worked there for three months. So this boss has been going for a few years. So there could potentially be others that our worker doesn't know about. This is what I want listeners to do. Um, I want them to go to our website. I want to see the story and the name of this guy. And we'll put this detail and put his photo up. I want to know what else this guy is doing. Mm-hmm. This is just outrageous, you know, that this is someone who goes, I'm going to go to the banks, his clients, say, is this guy one of your uh, con contract? He's not paying his workers, right? We have to do something about this guy. And I think the people who are listening to this have to help. Um, so, so so, tell me what are the steps we're doing now, because I know you've had a... Have you had a mediation? Have we filed a case with them? We, we, have, them? we have had a mediation, right. um, uh, mediated by Employment Mediation Services. Yes, yes, yes. And that, uh, we, we just got more lies and yeah, of more, course, got more lies. rubbish. And so what's the next step? Do we have to file this into the authority, the, the Employment Authority? Is so that this right? has been filed into oh, the been. Employment okay. Authority. Again, we've had... Delay tactics used by okay. the boss there. All right. Yep. This is a case of a predator who's knowingly is exploiting people. I think we've got to make this pro- – I didn't know it was as bad as this. You know, I kind of knew a bit about it, but I didn't know it was anyway. So, look, go to the site. Tell us more information. I think this is something that we've publicly got a campaign around. This guy is not a mistake. This is a guy who's doing this for probably – potentially dozens and dozens of the most vulnerable workers. So when you see those security guards outside the bank, you think they're getting paid. These guys have been told lies, and then he's not paying them, right? And the person who's dropped them off is, is having to do it on his own pay, and this is a guy who wants to tell you that he's a good person who gives to cha- charity. Ugh. <laughs> All right, Anu, anything else before I um, I, I get too a- 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 angry, can't speak, speak, speak anymore? 
No, I mean, this worker, we usually get workers who've worked for years and years in the same place. This is unique in the way that our worker only was there for three months. I know. And there's so much that we've done. And this guy's got all these other businesses too, hasn't he? I, mean, I, I think you were telling me why somehow I, I think I saw I saw it in the legal papers. Yeah? So this guy did have two or three other companies listed, we, which he tried to take off the company's register. So we've been So we need to, to put all that up on the yes, website. Yes. So people need to go to the website and check it all out and let us know. Finally, I just realised, is this the guy who took the worker up to the casino? Correct. Tell the people about yes, that. Because, yes. Sorry, I've just made the connection. So, so tell me about that. Th- this is in our engagement with the boss. Uh, the, this came up. Like we, we were getting different stories each time. We yeah, yeah, engaged. it just keeps changing stories. And then uh, one yeah, was that, um, okay, you know, this worker owes the boss suddenly so much money and our worker is being accused of using the company card at um, a That's casino. Right. That's right. And, uh, and the boss was apparently out of the country at the time and he had magically left the card with the worker the worker yeah, right. who doesn't get paid at of all course. now has the company mm. card. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we were able to um, sort of put a stop to that quite quickly, that story. Like, you know, we, we, we can do but things like that. what it was, yeah. I mean, the boss was actually taking the worker up to the casino for whatever. Then he'd give him his card yeah. to go and get cash out of the cash machine. Then then it's around accusing the worker of having his card and taking money from the cash. But he was getting the worker to get the cash himself, wasn't he? So it what him. it was, our worker did accompany the boss to on. the casino on one yeah. occasion or one or oh, two, yeah. and it's simply because the boss needed a sober driver. It was simply for that. And then, you know... the At the worker's cost, I'm sure, at as the well. I've so, been paid for the parking, too. So, so this boss is so drunk that he can't get off the, the bar stool and walk to the ATM to get money for himself, so he gives the card to the worker. And then it's, accuses it's the worker. Yeah, yeah. So he tells the worker yeah, to go yeah. and take some money from the, and bring it back to him, and then he uses that as a saying, he was you using my card, yeah. and I was out of the country, he wasn't out of the country. Yeah, so, yeah, so we, we, we did... We yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I forgot about the story, so <laughs> thank, thank you very much. I think that people go... So I think you all understand to our listeners out here you understand the type of man this is this is all going to be on the website i'm i'm really going to write this up i'm so angry about it and so should everyone else who listen to this and help us do something about the kid get some justice against this guy before this worker Anu, thank you you've depressed me but i'm 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 motivated now to work with you to get justice uh, for this the, the, not just this worker but all the workers who worked for this guy thank you thanks for having me on the show once again and i'm glad i can keep people motivated it's always such a delight to talk to Anu. Uh, Anu Kalotti is the president of the Migrant Workers Association. Uh, she's a close associate uh, with the Utu for Workers Union. And uh, for our listeners, Anu is also a registered immigration advisor. And that's a service that the One Union Trust, who represents the workers in the stories that we cover on this show, offers. And uh, it's only made possible by Anu. So many thanks to you. You know, inspiring work, you know, motivating work, as we've said. Okay, so... What I'm going to do now is play you another song because I just feel like I'm on a roll here with the music and uh, listeners, we're on this journey together and I'm only just beginning to scratch the surface of the extensive body of music used as iconic protest songs or, uh, you know, songs of struggle. So let's go with an absolute classic this time, one we all know, uh, Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. Uh, Now, the general uh, understanding behind this song is that the lyrics involve a certain uh, level of detachment um, that any injustice or abuse is another brick in an already existing wall. 
But this is not to be read as a hopeless acknowledgement of social injustice, um, but rather it's an expose of these metaphorical bricks that make up a society. So in New Zealand's case, as our listeners can see from our stories of widespread workplace abuse, uh, that each case we cover is another brick in the wall of exploitation that makes up uh, our society. And this is something that New Zealand has to acknowledge. And uh, here at Utu for Workers, we plan on knocking that wall down. And you can join us if you like. All you have to do is go to utu.org.nz forward slash volunteer and join the Utu squad. So the rich protest history of Another Brick in the Wall revealed some pretty cool facts. Uh, Released in 1979, the song was used by South African students in the apartheid era to protest racial inequalities in the school system. It, It was so popular that the South African government actually banned both the song and later the entire Wall album altogether. And a writer of the song, Roger Waters, said that people were really driven into frenzies of rage by it, which is uh, incredibly powerful stuff. And it's also uh, incredibly salient today. In 2006, Waters spray-painted the lyrics on the wall in the West Bank. This is around the same time Palestinian children adapted the lyrics to sing, We don't need no occupation. We don't need no racist wall. And this is a sentiment which we are certainly hearing a lot at the moment. So without further ado, here it is. Pink Floyd's iconic Another Brick in the Wall.
So there you have it, another brick in the wall by Pink Floyd. Uh, next up, we have an interview with Bryce Hamilton, Director of Advocacy Services at the One Union Trust and a regular guest on our show to talk about another central Auckland case, this time not in Ponsonby, uh, like our like our awful sexual assault case last week, but in the neighbouring suburb of Grey Lynn. So I hand over to Matt now to explain more. Thanks, Izzy. Bryce Hamilton, the Director of the Advocacy Team, uh, is with us today. And Bryce, I'm a bit a little, little annoyed, actually, because you've got a case at my favourite fish and chip shop, which I went for years. Every Sunday I used to go up there. Best, best snapper in town. I haven't been I've moved out, out out of the area. This is in Grey Lynn. Um, and um, tell, me, tell me why I'm upset about this. Yeah, well, it's an outrageous case where a worker was not paid to do a job and they weren't um, they weren't paid uh, what they were promised and there was all the excuses in the world given and uh, it's also outraging me because that's also my local fish and chip shop and I'm very very sad about it because I like my snapper but I don't think I can go there anymore well I think the important thing is to do something about it rather than 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 because when we don't go and Right, that means the workers they don't get to eat either, either right? Because oh, they get paid. Yeah. So we need to fix this. So this is about a worker who went to work at the fish and chip shop. And this, by the way, to the listeners, all this is on the website out of courtesy to the uh, radio station. We don't name uh, the details of who the individuals are uh, while we talk about it, but it is on our website at utu.org.nz, and I want people to go and see that. So, Bryce, um, so this is a worker who went to work at the fish and chip shop, a uh, bit of an iconic shop in the community of Greyland, yeah. um, that he didn't get paid. Yeah, didn't get paid. So how? But how does that? Why do people pay? I mean, well, workers are good people, and that says something more about the owners, doesn't it? Well, it does. Okay. So they were. You were telling me before we just come on that it's two weeks that he kept chasing this pay for the first two weeks. Right? That's right. But he finally got paid at the end of two weeks. So he did get paid, right? Yeah. But it wasn't. So what? So what's wrong with that? So he did pay him at the end of two weeks. He didn't pay him what he was actually owed. Right. So he was at a different hourly rate. Yes. So he was promised one hourly rate and got paid another. That's okay. right. And this is the manager That's to, right. to the worker. Okay. So why has this got worse? So well, what's it about? What's happened is the worker's carried on working and he hasn't been paid. He's been given all the excuses under the sun, but he's never been okay. paid after that. So you didn't get paid after that? No. And how long did that go on for? Uh, so the total period of work was six weeks and him not being paid the second time was four weeks. Okay. So... He got paid for two weeks and didn't get paid for the last four weeks. And then what happened? And then after that, he uh, didn't go back to work. Okay. So he didn't... He had enough. He had enough. Obviously, he'd been approaching the manager, where's my money, where's my money? Yeah, and he just got excuses, right? That's you know? right. Okay, yeah. so that's what's going on. So he quit. Now, he quit, but under law, this is not a resignation, right? No. This is what the caller... This is a constructive right. dismissal. Just for our listeners, just explain what the difference is. Well, a constructive dismissal is where an employer doesn't do what they're supposed to do and the employee leaves. Right. So there is the laws, the minimum code laws and other laws of the country, if the employer doesn't meet them and the worker feels so upset... Mm. That they leave, mm. that meant the employer will say, "Oh, they resign, so it's not my problem, <laughs> right?" But you, your, you know that mm. what that means from, for our listeners, that's not a resignation in law, no. and therefore the why it's different 
requires you can have remedies. That, that's what I'm trying to raise here. That's right. It's, it's not specified in the Employment Relations Act, but um, the, the courts consider uh, that a uh, walking off the job after your employer fails to do what they were fundamentally supposed to do, pay you wages, provide you with an employment agreement, etc., etc., um, walking off the job after not having those fundamentals sorted right. out is completely right. legitimate right. and it is a good opportunity is, to raise a grievance that, for you. That's right, because the law is based on the premise, right? The employer agrees to be a good and honest employer That's right. and the worker agrees to be a good and honest worker. Yes, and when yes. one breaks down, mm. you know, that the other has rights. Yeah. Right? So if a worker is not a good worker and honest, the, wor- the employer can dismiss them. That's right. If the boss is not honest, mm. you know, then the worker then leaves, has got remedies against the employer for breaching the understanding between them. That's right, yeah. It's a relationship. So they can take a case. So this is a dismissal. This is a dismissal. So you are taking the case up, and what you have is you've got... Uh, so there's, what, a couple of grand in wages, I believe, somewhere around there? Uh, there's at least $4,000 really? in wages. Four th- okay, Scott, so you've yeah. got $4,000 in wages. That includes holiday pay and other yeah. things, right? And remedies for the, 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 the termination? Yeah, well, when, when an employer breaches their duty, that hurts right. and humiliates right. the well, employee. Well, he's got no he's, notice. He's got to go. But he yes. wouldn't get paid, you know, so mm-hmm. so thing. Pretty open and shut to me, Bryce. Yeah, pretty much is, yeah. Right, so these two directors, the details are on our website, going to take case. But why I wanted you to come in, and, apart from it used to be at my little uh, fish and chip shop. Mm. So we deal a lot with migrant exploitation. This is a different sort of exploitation, right? That's, That's right. the locals and the local iconic mm. uh, shop is, 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 is screwing the workers, really. Um, so you've got a case, but now you were, you now you've got some people coming forward. There could be others. Yeah, so uh, very it's recently. It's not in isolation. It always never is. No, none of these things are in isolation. Employer fails once, they tend to fail more than right. once. So look, what we're going to do, isn't it, we're going to put the site up, we're going to get people who, uh, we'll name the store and the people, and people who know about this, because this is a local uh, community, right? Yeah. They'll come forward, and people who have been, um, it sounds like this guy's been stealing from his work workers sometimes. So mm-hmm. we'll get more information, we'll report back in due course, but we'll, we, we, we're going to do something about it. So you're going to file for this worker where you file, yes. I understand today, yeah. um, that you'll file for them, you will take the case forward. Uh, we hopefully we can sort it out, but we're going to uh, make sure that we get justice for the workers come to you. That's right. But any others who come forward and get the community to say, not in our neighbourhood that mm-hmm. we have this sort of behaviour. Behaviour. Yeah, look, this community knows not in our neighbourhood, and I'd hope they turn out again, to be honest. For listeners, Greyland is the liberal capital of of well healed, wealthy, liberal people (laughs) who don't like this sort of thing. Well, (laughs) except for Bryce, who lives nearby, but all his neighbours, right? They need to wake up, but they are going down to the shop, and in good faith, I mean, they're not cheap. No, I know they're, no, they're, they're not, not cheap, cheap, but they're not paying their wages at all. Yeah. So, you know, please, we're going to have, have, have you back at this. I'm very upset. My favourite fish and chip shop has been stealing from its workers, and we're going to do something about it. Thank you, Bryce, for coming to Brother. No worries. Thank you, Matt. All right. Cheers, Matt and Bryce. Uh, on to our final song for today. I've opted for a more traditional workers' rights song. It's imbued with solidarity, and it's very on the nose in terms of unionism. It's called There is Power in a Union. This is not the Joe Hill song, but it is the Billy Bragg song of the same title. 
Uh, Billy Bragg is an East Londoner with a very thick accent who started playing benefit gigs during the 1984 miners' strike in the UK, and he's known as a prolific protest singer. So released in 1986, There Is Power in a Union is set to the tune Battle Cry for Freedom, an American Civil War song advocating the causes of unionism and abolitionism. So uh, this song has a really layered and rich history. It also appears in the 2014 movie called Pride. It's a film based on a true story where the London organisation Lesbians Engaged Support the Miners collects funds to support the striking miners of a Welsh village during the UK miners' strike. Uh, It's actually a really good movie. would recommend watching it. Uh, So a big thank you to our guests today, Anu and Bryce. Big thank you to our listeners. Remember, you can always get in touch with us either through our website or emailing us directly at justice at utu.org.nz. Free phone us 0800 368 000. And while you're there, you'll see the names and details of the alleged exploiters mentioned on the show today. I'll leave you now with Billy Bragg's There is Power in a Union. Four point six. 